Welcome to another episode of the Buckets Mentality Podcast. Today we have a fun one. We're going to be ranking the top 25 players in the NBA. This is going to be a multi-part podcast series I'm going to be doing over the next couple weeks. It's also going to be posts on Instagram as well. Obviously, you guys know my Instagram at Bucket Center, where I post consistently and we're going to be ranking players and doing a collab with another creator. We're going to be ranking the top 25 players in the NBA. So follow along with it on Instagram, but I'm also going to be posting these for a little bit more in-depth analysis of why I have certain players ranked where I do further explanation. And we'll start off by talking about my criteria for this list. And so basically when I was coming up with this list, I said, if I have the opportunity to draft a team to play, In this past NBA season, 2021-2022 NBA season, this is my big board in order of the players I would select. And I'm basing this off of statistical production. I'm basing this on talent and skill set. I'm basing this on impact on team success and accolades within that span. So the preference for me, personally, my, my preference is offensive weapons who can control the game with the ball in their hands. I feel like those are the players that are most impactful in today's game as well as the dual threat bucket generators, the guys that can score and facilitate for others. I prefer guys that get better when the stakes get higher in terms of the playoff risers. I prefer versatility and I prefer efficiency. So those are some of the things I'm going to be looking for when I'm constructing my list. And so I factored in the past two seasons, not just this past season, but I wanted to get more of a holistic look into how good these players are obviously the emphasis will be on this past season what have you done for me lately but for players that have had injuries or significant rise or drop off in one year's time it's important for me to factor a little bit of past performance to see if there are some aberrations to factor in and also durability matters it won't be the end all be all but durability most definitely matters so These are some of the players I'm going to list that you may wonder why you don't see them in the top 25. I'm going to explain to you why these guys didn't quite make the list. The first one is Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown had a very strong postseason run with the Boston Celtics. In particular, his two big-time series were versus Miami and the Milwaukee Bucks. And he was Boston's top performer in the NBA Finals. So overall, I'm not knocking Jalen Brown. But I just think people have been gassing him up a little bit too much based off what he did in the playoffs and based on seeing, oh, Jason Tatum didn't show up. So that means Jalen Brown had a better run, which is not true by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, His playmaking is the biggest weakness to me. He leaves a lot to be desired as a playmaker, as a facilitator for others, even his ball handling to an extent sometimes and get a little bit loose with the ball. I think that's the big separator between him and my number 25 Brandon Ingram, which we'll get into a little bit later. I think Jalen Brown is a better number two option, but Brandon Ingram is a better number one. So that's why Jalen Brown didn't make the list, although he was receiving heavy consideration. The next player, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar, at one point, he was a top five MVP caliber player. He was a candidate for the award. At that point in the season, one of the top closers in the league. His overall scoring dominance from the mid-range was extremely impressive to see. He even showed a willingness to take and hit the occasional three-point shot and was the focal point for a Chicago Bulls team who was the one seed at the All-Star break before injuries. Particularly Lonzo, that really derailed their season. Lonzo going down, the fact that Zach Levine was never fully healthy throughout the season, guys like Alex Caruso out the lineup, their defense took a big-time fall off, and that 
contributed to their downfall in the second half of the season. But as I said before, the gap between this past season from DeMar and what he was in San Antonio is so substantial that the truth of how good DeMar really is right now is probably somewhere in the middle. So the fact that that's true and that he underperformed yet again in the postseason, just like he did in the play-in tournament last year, it was just a last straw to me in leaving him off of this list. I want to see DeMar be able to sustain that production throughout the season and do it when it matters most in the postseason. The next guy, he has done it in the postseason, but just not enough overall in his game to make the top 25 for me, and this is Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton was a very tough omission from this list, especially when you consider how great he was for the Bucks in their title run, coupled with how much Milwaukee truly missed him versus the Boston Celtics in the second round going to a game seven. But simply put, this wasn't nearly as impressive of a regular season for Chris Middleton, and we didn't get to see him rise on the bigger stages like he did last year in the postseason. So because of that, I have to say that the 25 guys that I have ranked above him are justified in being at that position. Next up, Bam Adebayo. And Bam, he's very elite defensively, yet he leaves so much to be desired on the offensive side of the ball. He was again subpar offensively in the postseason, despite a very good regular season on both ends of the floor, 19 and 10, double-double. I think in order for Bam to take that next step, he needs to be more confident and consistent with at least his mid-range shot. He needs to be more aggressive. He needs to be able to create more for himself off the dribble. I would love to see him take that next step of his game, and I've been saying this now for two years. So hopefully Bam can take this next jump, but defensively, he is one of the top defenders in all of basketball. Shea Gilgis Alexander, the next guy, and I know a lot of people like Shea Gilgis, but he is really the unfortunate case of being a very good player stuck on a bad team. And he has a lot of really good traits as a versatile combo guard with size. But with a larger sample size, we've seen that his perimeter jumper isn't quite where it needs to be. That's my main concern holding him back in comparison to some of those other more complete offensive weapons who have all mostly done it on playoff teams now too. So it's unfortunate for Shea. He's close to taking that next step, but the 25 guys that I have above him, I believe, are justified in that. A couple more. We got Rudy Gobert. This is your big one. The advanced analytics and the stats community absolutely loves them. Some Rudy Gobert. He did give me some great things that I like this year, including leading the league in rebounds, two-point percentage, and overall field goal percentage, shooting 71% on dunks and layups. Very impressive. Uh, defensively, he had another top three DPOY finish, and he won the award for the third time in the 2021 season. However, we see how limited he is offensively. I was half being sarcastic, half being serious when I said very impressive to lead the league in the shooting efficiency when you're right around the basket. He doesn't have any versatility in his offensive game, and we see no matter how much you want to make excuses for it, in the playoffs, his defensive impact simply isn't the same. And Dallas, even without Luka Doncic for half the series, beat the Jazz in the first round by spacing the floor and attacking Rudy like he was food. And this has been done on numerous occasions. At some point, you're just going to have to accept it. That's what's happened. We'll see. He's in a new situation now in Minnesota. You say that they're better point of attack defenders on the Timberwolves. I tend to agree to an extent. We'll see how it works. He won't have to do much on the offensive end of the floor, but... There's definitely 25 guys I can definitively say I would rather have 
than Rudy Gobert. Next up, Pascal Siakam. And Pascal bounced back in a big way, leading the league in minutes and leading the Raptors back to the postseason after a rough year in 2021. He improved his efficiency across the board and was rewarded with an all-NBA nod, but I just can't justify him, again, being ranked over the 25 guys that I have. Most of these, it's not a knock on the player. It's just guys that I think are better. You know, that's just what it comes down to at the end of the day. And the last guy that I wanted to include, and I know some people may not be checking for this guy on the list, but I strongly consider putting him on the list, and this is Darius Garland. DG, he took the jump that I hope he would, becoming an all-star, one of the best dual-threat bucket generators in the game. He's not quite top 25, but he's definitely coming. And I want to see it again next season, take a little bit more of a jump and have the Cavs solidified in the postseason. That would be very, very impressive if he could do that. Now let's talk about 21 through 25. 25 will be dropping today as I'm recording this on my Instagram at Bucket Center. But so you guys that are tuning in to the podcast, you guys get a sneak peek of the list. I'm basically going to talk about these five at a time. So this will be talking about 21 through 25. So you guys got the honorable mentions and you're going to get 21 through 25. So at 25, I have Brandon Ingram. And B.I., over the past two years, he took an MIP-level jump. He led the Pelicans to the postseason this past year. His three-point shot did regress excuse me, back to the mean after a huge increase in 2021. But overall, he's a talented three-level scorer with length and a very solid playmaker. So that's why I have B.I. at number 25. But I couldn't quite have him over his teammate who sat out the entirety of the season Zion Williamson comes in at number 24. Zion is still a little bit better than Ingram to me, and the gap may increase if he was healthy this season. We last saw Zion. He averaged 27 points per game on 62 effective field goal percentage, and he was an all-star. He has yet to tap into his defensive potential, but we've seen flashes of the playmaking. Obviously, he's a freak athlete, already one of the most dominant inside scorers in the game. And even with the durability tax, he still cracks the list, and I expect him to move up significantly next season so long as he is actually available. So Zion Williamson comes in at number 24. Number 23, we have Washington's finest, Bradley Beal. Shout out to him getting a super max extension. And granted, it was early, but the Wizards were in the playoff picture with a healthy Bradley Beal this season. Despite finishing under 500, they also made the postseason last year, the year before that, 2021, in a season in which Beal averaged 31 a game, finished second just behind Steph for the scoring title. He's seen a drop-off in his three-point efficiency, but he is still one of the top volume scorers in the game. He also averaged nearly seven assists when healthy this season, showcasing another element of his bucket-generating arsenal. So Bradley Beal comes in at number 23. Number 22, Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. And Cat continues to hold the title as the best shooting big in basketball, one of the best shooters in general in all of basketball. Towns is shooting 40% from three over the past two seasons on high volume, while also boasting a 58 effective field goal percentage. He is the only player to average 24 plus points per game while shooting only over, excuse me, 50% from the field and 40% from three this past season. Efficiency from the field plus his three-point shooting puts him over Bradley Beal on this list. And then to round out this group, we have at number 21, 
Zach Levine. Zach, in a lot of ways, mirrors Bradley Beal's play style with efficiency that more closely resembles Carl Anthony Towns. 26 points per game on 49-40-85 splits over the past two seasons is extremely impressive. Not to mention he was playing with a knee injury for most of the year, which he eventually had surgery on after the season. Would love to see a healthy Zach next season, hopefully with his backcourt mate also healthy. Given the injury and also how great DeMar was playing to start the year, Levine took a back seat while still being ultra-efficient. I do believe he's Chicago's best player and he should be their offensive focal point. With the strides that he's made defensively, he's actually one of the better defenders in this group as well. So to recap, at number 21, I have Zach Levine. Number 22, I have Carl Anthony Towns. 23, Bradley Beal. 24, Zion Williamson. And number 25, Brandon Ingram. The next post is going to have the next five players. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. I'm out. Peace.